Basketball is very good. The Rockets are better without Chris Paul. Giannis will win the MVP. What if Kyrie Irving is actually God? Basketball is very good. Hello, and welcome to NBA Group Chat. My name is Chris Ryan. I am joined by Danny Chow. Hello. Justin Barrier. Hi. Haley O'Shaughnessy. <laughs> oh, it's a new look for you. I know, it's hard to say hello. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, uh, great day in the NBA. Any day is a great day in the NBA because that means there's basketball. Uh, and then we're here to talk about it. Let's. We were going to start with the Thunder. I'm wearing a Thunder hat. I feel like the ringer is getting a rep for being anti-thunder, and I just want to, I just want to be a bulwark against that. You know, <laughs> counterpoint. Everyone is turning anti-thunder. We'll get to the thunder in just a second. Right. I want to. I do want to leave with LeBron, um, just because Justin Justin's eyes lit up at the thought of the king coming to his hometown. Well, not your adopted hometown, <laughs> I guess. Um, uh, of because, Connecticut, Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah. So there was an article. Did it go up today? Yes, on ESPN. Yeah. Yeah, basically, it was just kind of reading the tea leaves of what's going on with LeBron, mm-hmm. uh, Brian Windhorst, Ramona Shelburne. I think some of the didn't really pinpoint any team specifically, but it kind of laid out just, you know, the groundwork for, for what's going on with him. It's, it's basically saying, uh, you know, let's wait till the end of the year. Let's see how these teams do. Uh, I, I just thought it was interesting some of the nuggets they dropped in there, specifically about the Rockets. Okay, uh, that's a team I think that is is kind of built momentum as kind of the destination du jour of one LeBron James. Uh, uh, Jonathan Sharks wrote about it for us on the Ringer. Sam Amick had a USA Today thing about right. it. Right. Yeah. So there's definitely there are whispers in the background that this could be a legit destination, and I think it was just kind of pointing out that maybe the ties to Chris Paul aren't necessarily what's going to dictate it. So sure. Um, I don't know. Danny, you had some thoughts, right? Do I? I, I, I really don't. Um, is that is that more because you're just like, it's way too early to start wondering where LeBron should go? I, I mean, kind of. This is kind of the, the news cycle that, that happened in 2010 when he was, you know, planning his, his decision yeah. back then. It was like basically every team that he went to that was a possible destination, there would be some sort of piece that came out being like, oh, Let's let's lay out the possibility here. It's just like Oladipo I don't know. and it's, Turner. Could that be the place? It's a little place? too early. It's a little too early for me. Right. LeBron once liked a picture of an Indy 500 car. <laughs> uh, Haley, is this something that you want for your life? Is Laker LeBron? Laker LeBron. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It is. I thought you were going to say Rockets LeBron, which I do think would work out in a way that the Thunder Big Three hasn't. But because uh, we've we've seen like Chris Paul, you know, like. He doesn't need to handle everything all the time. And I thought that he was lying mm-hmm. when he said that's like not what he wanted because I'm like, you're Chris Paul. But I do think that it would work out in a way. I mean, Miami is a good example mm-hmm. of him working out with two other really talented players. But he was definitely really. the alpha there. And he was def- and, and he was, but Wade I, and Bosch changed their games to adjust to him. Right. And we are getting to that point where LeBron is at once the best player in the league. But I do think that if he were to move teams again... I guess if he went to the Lakers and the Lakers essentially like built the team around him, we wouldn't be saying this. But if you were to go to the Rockets, I think that there would be an adjustment. And that actually does segue in talking about the Thunder a little bit, who won last night 195 against the critical darling Indiana Pacers. If you have not had a chance, please read Kevin O'Connor's piece about Victor Oladipo on The Ringer this week. It's really great. And he just goes into real great detail about how eating gluten 
will turn you into an all not eating gluten will turn you into an all star shooting guard. Apparently, I will <laughs> never be an all star shooting guard. <laughs> yeah, eating gluten will make you a good blogger. Though. Can we just go fake news, real news? Like you just stop eating gluten and you get you get swole like that. He looks incredible after Let's like ask two Bill weeks. Simmons. But like it's like May fifteenth to June third. That's nuts. Yeah. And he just looks right. like a completely different person. There's this Instagram with a before and after. I just want to know what he is eating uh, instead of gluten. Yeah. Like, I eat sandwiches at least twice a week. Like, is, <laughs> it, is it mostly plant-based? What's going on? There's gluten-free bread out there. Okay. So he still has I just a little, don't little eat bread. Yeah. yeah. Right? Well. What is, it, what is the upside of gl- gluten-free bread? You still have imitation bread, I guess. But yeah. is it like the carbs or what? I honestly have no idea. This is this is the worst conversation you could possibly be having for me. I, I guess it's like O'Doul's. You, yeah. just, you just need that in your life. Yeah, you just want the, the, the sense memory. Okay, great. Yeah. So let's go from O'Doul's to the Thunder. <laughs> they, fought, they won a game last night. They won a game despite Mellow George and Russ going 10 for 45 from the field. Uh, after the game, and I'm paraphrasing for the LOLs, but Mellow basically said that one of the problems they've been facing is the shots that, that they're getting are too good. And that they're all used to like creating their own shots, creating their own space, having to create their own offense. And the uh, few times per game that the ball does swing to the open man, mm. they're almost stunned with the opportunity. I love that. Uh, Strongly disagree. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's okay. quick, quick snap poll. What do you think of that? I, I love when anyone can say something is is too good. <laughs> that is true. It's never too good. Yeah, <laughs> nothing can ever be too good. I think now to be fair. I'm not, this. I'm definitely rewriting Mello's quote, but not significantly. <laughs> no, and I think it's telling that now after a Thunder game, pretty much all of NBA Reddit is like plays where Mello is like full of shit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like Mello. Wait, do, Mello is this doesn't get back on Reddit defense. slash Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can, I wish I had my own page. Someone should do that. Uh, no, but it's like Mello not getting back on defense, or yeah. Mello kind of glaring at Russell Westbrook because Russell Westbrook didn't get back on defense. It's right. really turning in. Like it feels like for a while it was very much against Russ, but now it feels like the tide is turning toward Mello because he is kind of the squeaky wheel of this entire okay, operation. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. <laughs> uh, Haley, yes, the Thunder feel like a college football team to me now because it feels like every game they play means so much. It's it's under so much scrutiny. The same way like in college football, they're just like, well, did you win? But did you win by enough? And did you win? Like, did you have a cool, like, was this, if you did get a victory, was it against an opponent that we can like actually, that actually tells us something about your performance? And that's unlike any other team out there right now, like who are 16 and 11 or 14 and 14. And it's like, oh, good, good job, Pelicans. You guys are keeping it together. Yeah. But the Thunder. Yeah. It's like they didn't win again. You know what I mean? They haven't won the last four of six or whatever. I'm just making that number up. But college football they play like a seventh or an eighth of the game. Sure. So yeah. those are definitely more important, but I know that the heat is on them. But I also think it's like the same problems with them are consistent through everyone. Mello won't spot up. Russ won't move without the ball. I mean, mm. there's that video going around showing all these examples of him passing the ball away. And if it's not his possession, he's just hanging it's out at the three-point line. Out, he's like, just like, yeah. 35 yeah. Feet yeah. And, pa- and Paul George <laughs> won't like initiate his own offense. You know, I don't know what the deal is, but he's like taking a back seat to not being quite as involved in that sense. And so I think that it's kind of off-putting for him too. Do you know who isn't struggling right now? Go for it. 
So have you always <laughs> been uh, a Brina's Hive? Is this recent? Is it because of this your similarities in like in you know beard structure? I wish I had the chops that that guy has, <laughs> both playing wise and, and facial hair yeah. wise. No, honestly, I remember before the season hearing about like how he was set to like break through before. I think they even got mellow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then when I, when I was like required to have a take, I was like, that's my take. Is it, it just Brina's is the key? <laughs> and, and now it's just come to life. So I guess it's. Uh, the the moral is just stick to your guns and hope that they are correct. Danny, you're a connoisseur of offense. Seven seconds or less changed your life. Changed my I, life. Last the other night, you tweeted a lovely Brett Brown drawn up play. What was that one? For the, the Sixers play like <laughs> yeah, double uh, snap. It was, it, was, it was snap double. Well, no, no. I I was I was uh, sharing uh, from a tweeter. I believe his name is Ryan Wynn. Okay. Um, great X's and O's guy. Uh, you should follow him on on Twitter. Um. Yeah, where were you going? Well, I was just wondering, like, <laughs> as some, you, you know, so you do recognize good, good plays when you see them. Sure. Billy Donovan came out and was pretty chip, chippy about, you know, he's like, look, the thing that you guys need to understand is that I love the way our offense is playing, and I think we're really moving the ball. They are last in the league in passes per game, so he's wrong. <laughs> I, I, there's a lot of things that are up for debate, but this one isn't. Yeah. That being said, is there anything about this Thunder offense that you think? is working and is there anything that you're like oh you can kind of see where this can we they could just have some small improvements and get better or is it too many of the wrong pieces trying to fit together i i keep going back to the idea that you know the shots that they're getting are too good and it it, 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 so basically donovan is alluding to the fact that you know his players aren't accustomed to having that kind of rhythm Mm -hmm. and they basically aren't being able to generate that kind of rhythm the weird thing is I've never really thought of Westbrook as a rhythm player. Mm-hmm. He's just a guy who has like all that energy and that energy is kind of what sustains him on the court. Um, so I don't think he's factoring into this, but like Mello and Paul George, they both come from very different situations where again, they're both al- alphas or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I guess that kind of plays into the whole offense here. Like they don't know what to do with their hands when they have an open shot, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Like, I, I feel like that is a pointed, you know, comment to his other two stars because you can't really do anything with with Westbrook in that scenario. Because back when Westbrook and Durant were kind of 1A, 1B, Durant was a mismatch for everyone in the league. So it's not like he needed to get into rhythm. He yeah. was kind of always in that rhythm. They both kind of played off the fact that neither of them needed to get into a rhythm because they could just generate whatever they needed. Um, with Melo and George, it's it's an adjustment. But I, I, I actually do goes. think that the one person that we haven't really been hearing from much in this whole this whole season, more or less, and it's not it's not a, not that unusual given his relationships to the media. But we, Russell doesn't really talk that much, you know what I mean? And he's his answers you can only evaluate them based on their uh, tone. You can't really an- evaluate them based on this quotes themselves. So a lot of his answers are just like, we just have to play better. We just, he sounds like Belichick, honestly. He's just like, we just have to do our jobs better and execute better down the stretch. But you get some of that kind of more thoughtful and, and engaging stuff from Paul, George, and Carmelo, and even from Donovan. I don't even... It's interesting because I, I just feel like Russell is so stubborn and won't kind of even say like, look, like I have a speed that I play at and these guys need to play at that speed or maybe... Maybe I should play off the ball in terms of initiating the offense because for as much as my full court bull rushes can get us a lot of points in a game, they're clearly like leaving out for the other four players who are like used to a different kind of setup. I I don't know. No. I will say this. 
I, I, I don't mind where they're at at the season, but you know, this is the same thing we had with Cleveland at the beginning of the year. We were like, what's going to happen with Cleveland? Are they, their defense is so bad, they're going to figure it out. And then they just rattle off double-digit win streak and are basically, they're basically winning all their games and just dropping little ones here and there now. Um, I, I, I just cannot, that, that is not a, something I can see for the Thunder this year. I don't see them rattling off 10 in a row. I think that they're going to squeak into the playoffs, and I, I, I have a really bad feeling about the way that this all ends up next summer. What do you think? Well, yeah, because it's like if they don't figure it out, Paul George isn't going to be around. Right. I think maybe that, Mello. Yeah, maybe Mello too. I think that a lot more of this might be on Russ wanting more. And maybe that's why he's so quiet. Maybe he wants Paul George to be more of an alpha. I feel like this is like a weird comparison. You don't think so? <laughs> I would say it's Because I'm wondering if like he expected it to be kind of like, okay, finally, like Katie left. Like I had to do everything. You know what I mean? And now he's like. Well, what we, this is the thing. We don't know. We yeah. don't know whether he actually secretly loved it being Russ and the Bad News Bears and him having 45-point games against Orlando Magic to win in the last second. And every night it was like Rudy or don't, something. Yeah, but don't you think he knows with the way he plays that that's not sustainable? Well, it seemed like he was having a really good time last year. And not only right. just mm-hmm. playing the way he was playing, but even the way he turned it into like WWE off the court, just kind of feeding into the Kevin Durant thing. I think that's an interesting parallel where, where Durant, for obvious reasons, but also because of the, like his personality, he kind of shies away from that whole part of it, the cupcake stuff. Like, yeah, he took some shots after he won a title, but he really kind of abstained from that conversation, whereas Russ was going full-on trolling. Uh, with his yeah. outfits, with what he was yeah. saying in interviews. And so I think he likes the theatrics and I think he likes kind of being the antagonist, just like in general, just like that's like yeah. his base level. But being the villain gets old. Mm-hmm. Remember that? For like, us, LeBron? for sure. Yeah, well, no, even for the players, I think. And yeah, Westbrook is kind of like to an extreme with his personality. But when LeBron was in Miami, you know, after the first year, he was like being the villain sucks. Yeah, yeah. but by the end of Miami, he was like doing commercials where he's riding bikes around Miami <laughs> with kids. And it's like, oh, LeBron, Miami, this is so fun. The Eatles, you know, it's like. Right. So, well, he, yeah. The other thing is like LeBron feeds off joy. Like, mm-hmm. Early in his Cavs run, there were like the team there, like it didn't have a lot of stars, but they got along so well. Like I remember when he was on those MVP runs, just those photos of where they would pretend to take team photos, mm-hmm. like right before the game. Like LeBron is like a really joyful, uh, good teammate. And it seems like the villain part of it like took him out of who he was. Whereas I feel like Russ almost like that is his base level. Like that's who he is. And it's more drawing out the good stuff out of him in order to make him successful. Like what I, when I look at Russ these days, I just see him going full Kobe to a certain extent. Yeah. And it's really interesting. And this team is playing like that Lakers team with Nash and Howard. Basically. 100%. Yeah. And it's, and it's interesting to see Russ do that in this age. Whereas like, what we knew about the game, kind of like the advanced analytics, like what like leads to good basketball kind of caught up with Kobe. Whereas like the ground was laid for Russ to where like if he kept playing this way, it was going to catch up to him. And I think that's part of why the backlash has been so significant. So they that's a, that's a super team that's obviously not working out. The Rockets, though. Uh, we ever, I, I feel like though. I don't talk enough <laughs> about them, probably. Uh, I have to say, though, it was an unremarkable 108-96 victory over the Hornets last night. They were home. The the Hornets did not look like they wanted to be there. I feel like the Kemba Walker's full, like, his, like, white undershirt is, like, a metaphor for how he's feeling right now. I just haven't quite figured out how. But um, at one point in the game, the Rockets went on a 25-0 run. That was the closest thing I've seen to the Warriors other than the Warriors in the last four years. And it was the first time that I was like, they could... 
they could go after these guys. Um, also, just watching the way that D'Antoni staggers minutes and watching Chris Paul just incinerate the Hornets' second he unit. It is <laughs> unbelievable. And then when he's playing with Harden, I remember he had said when he first got there, and he was only played like a couple of preseason games, and he played like the first game, obviously, before he got injured. In Drew League. But he was like, this is so cool. I don't have to dribble the ball that, as much. I don't have to orchestrate everything. And I was like, come on, man. Like, you're really going to not want to orchestrate everything? And then last night, I was just watching. And he's like standing on the wing with his hands on his knees. Yep. Like, the kind of thing that would usually get you yanked from like a youth basketball game. And he's just like, I'm chilling. Like, this is fine. Harden can have an ISO. They lead the league in isolation plays, percentage of isolation plays per game. I don't know. The idea of just Paul being on the court, they have a plus 37 net rating. These are just like insane stats. And the fact that this is what D'Antoni's doing other than Donovan, different than Donovan, is he is like, I have all these pieces. On any given night, I can rest this guy a little bit, but still play him. I can throw this lineup out there. I can play Ryan Anderson at five. I can play Chris Paul against a backup point guard, which is essentially torture. I mean, I actually still find them a little dull to watch, but they are... Actually, I do think they are a threat to the Warriors for sure. Well, that's where the Warriors comparison comes in, right? Or even people you know, asking the question, can they beat the Warriors, is that the great thing about Golden State has always been that one of their guys can be gone and they'll still be good. Mm -hmm. And something that's so clear with Harden and Chris Paul is that, yeah, they play together and it's amazing, but they can also play without each other and still be great. Yeah, they're they're definitely an interesting team to juxtapose with the Thunder just because you look at what D'Antoni has been able to do. <laughs> Chris is already laughing at it. <laughs> uh, just what D'Antoni has been able to do with two guys, two stars who seemingly have like overlapping skill sets mm -hmm. that might butt as a result of only having the one ball. And the way he's been able to stagger them and just take advantage of what they do so well has been amazing. And the fact that Harden had his moment, he's still probably the leader for MVP, if not LeBron James. Uh, and now you see Chris Paul kind of get back from the injury and kind of kick it into a second gear where he could still be that guy. And like, honestly, you should show Melo these games. Like, this is right. what you can do mm -hmm. if you just mesh with Melo's what everyone like, else yeah, is doing. Yeah, I know. Doing. I'm going to orchestrate but, a trade to Houston next year. <laughs> you know, it, it's, exactly. it's a lot easier to buy in when you're winning. Yes. Obviously. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, that, they're that's, not, that's a thing. Yes, right. but also the Thunder aren't winning no, because he's, of Melo. Right. Yeah. He's right. There was a play last night where there was like... Uh, the, Paul was bringing it up and he had Ryan Anderson and Trevor Reza on the wings and Trevor Reza was wide open and had run the full floor, like had done something on defense to get the turnover and then like sprinted. And I think you could, you could just feel like he was just like, and for my reward, I get the ball. And Chris Paul sort of looked off. He looked him and then no looked to Ryan Anderson on the left. And Ryan Anderson sunk like a 33 footer. Yeah. And it's like, if that goes in, everybody will be happy. If it doesn't, Trevor Reese is like, what are you doing? Like somebody else is like, hey, I was like running the, the court. Like I went the whole length. Like you got to slow right. it down and hit me up. I mean, the thing is they also take like 43s a game. So like sure. everyone is getting those shots. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like this Chris Paul is exactly the Chris Paul I thought was going to happen because Jonathan Sharks has written about this in the past. He's just so smart. He's so good in the regular season because he's so smart and he's so perceptive of every team's weaknesses, especially like a team like the Hornets, who aren't very good. You know, he's going to be able to beat up on these teams um, with his eyes closed. And yeah. so this is just kind of like he's playing, you know, shoots and ladders right now. Yeah. Well, I feel like Paul is the type of guy, based on the conversations we have about him, based on his lack of success in the playoffs, that's the type of thing that eats at him. Mm -hmm. Like right. he's going to do whatever is possible to change that 
mellow, I'm sorry to say, <laughs> yeah. is this type of guy who's just going to go off and do mellow and like sell hoodies now. Well, I think the other thing to consider with all these Thunder comparisons, which I agree with all of them, is that Chris Paul, you know, and James Harden talked mm-hmm. before he went there. And Chris Paul was probably like, this is exactly what I want. And this is exactly how I feel like we'll be better as if I'm off the ball. And with Paul George and with uh, Mello, they're both like, look, get me out of here to their old teams. Mm-hmm. So they didn't really pick the Thunder. They didn't really pick Russ. It was more about leaving that situation than finding the best situation. Right. Yes. And I think we've talked about this before about the idea of whether the mellow trade was a trade too much was was just like one extra like heat check move. And if they doubting. No, I'm actually I'm just saying if they we've talked about this, if they had just run out Russ PG Adams and then shooters and defenders they probably would be in more games and i actually think the expectations for them would be a little bit better adjusted uh let's just do some rapid fire questions based on Wait, we, we can't even talk about the rockets without mentioning oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. who's your favorite rockets bench guy i wanted to oh, ask P- it pj tucker pj tucker like i got paleolithic Smart, <laughs> he's not a bench guy but i just want to shout out capella Capella's yeah. awesome oh my god he's capella great. is basically like oh like let's reboot deandre jordan yeah yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. luke is my favorite is he gonna be out for a while he is gonna be out for a little while he has a shoulder thing we we're talking about before we recorded but like this dude is basically one of the most important role players on one of the most important teams like, yeah at the end of his career that's like amazing plus minus god anybody else besides those guys that you this want to shout so like Whatever, Haley, that's not creative. But it's Eric Gordon. Yeah. How could it not be Mr. Eric Basketball Gordon? Basketball Indiana. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's amazing. <laughs> he could be like a very important player for another team. And oh, he yeah. says like, I'm going to hang here and, you know, kill. Oh, man. Remember those Pelicans days? <laughs> I try not to. Here's some rapid fire questions that are kind of drawn from last night's action before we move forward. Haley, is Hazonia good? <laughs> After last night, I'm going to say Yeah. Yeah. No, but I want him to be good so badly. And now we clear out for Danny. Ooh, my God. Okay, so I haven't I haven't had that much joy watching a, a magic game in at least two years. He was incredible. So there was what a- happened two years ago? <laughs> good question. I don't Luke's remember. Got twenty and twenty. They lost to the so, Bucks. There was a, there was a play. Um, Hazonia almost dunks an alley oop. He gets fouled on it, so he gets the two free throws. But there was another play where. He was dribbling the ball up the court. Alfred Payton was calling for the ball because he's the point guard. Hazonia waves him off, throws a pass straight to their big man. I, I can't remember who actually caught the ball and scored, but it was just like, holy shit. It was Vooch. It was like that. Was he Vooch. had like a, okay. like a bullet pass underneath to Vooch. Yeah. Hazonia should be playing point guard. He should be playing stretch <laughs> yeah. four for them. Yes. Um, he's, he's, he's Durant. Awesome. Yeah. He's and Durant. Hazonia yeah. Hive on, Croatian on Durant. <laughs> has, has gotten to me. So uh, How about you, we're Chris? Here. Uh, I don't know if he can dribble in the NBA. <laughs> Just <laughs> FYI, there's a couple of like I dribble like that moments. Uh, Haley, is Trey Lyles good? Uh, almost. Okay, almost. Yeah, Justin, I, probably not. He had a really good dunk last night, and he's getting minutes. That's why I thought. It would, yeah, yeah. I think it speaks more to the Nuggets just having so many like backup fours, and that like none of them work every single night. Yeah. it's good that they have a lot of them. Right. They could just like shuffle. Right, and he's in his third year, which yeah. is usually when guys pick up. I love them come out of college though. I thought he was like mm-hmm. because he played that three in that like huge Kentucky team. Mm-hmm. I thought like oh maybe if you just slide him down a little bit, he has enough shooting. But he's almost like too much of a big for that stretch four these days. I think he had a really good game in front of his hometown in Indiana. Um, he was hitting. Th- he was like four or five from three in that game. Yeah. So he looked really good. And he, it's with him. It was just like he had a really promising rookie year, and then last year he kind of was 
put to the end of the bench because they were a playoff team. They couldn't really risk putting out, you know, a youngster out there. But um, with him, it was just a matter of getting minutes, getting an opportunity. I, yeah. I think he's fine. I, I don't know if he's like their future. Here's yeah. just, I, I, this is something I would love to see in the NBA is that every player just basically has to go play for their hometown, t- their their home state or hometown team at some point. Because the Oladipo <laughs> in, on, on the Pacers thing has really gotten me like, what if Lyles went back to the Pacers? That'd be dope. Like everybody should just go back to their hometowns just for one season. Only if they like their hometowns. Mm. Maybe he's like this. I don't care about that. (laughs) I I just, I just want to see them in their hometown. Yeah, last night was the first Pacer game I think I watched all season. Uh So, so maybe not. Maybe not the Pacers specifically. (laughs) Um, Okay, last one before we move on. Uh, Are the Raptors the best team in the East? Not quite. Not quite. I Cleveland, LeBron still exists. Boston has been good. So, Justin, Raptors still a snooze fest to me. Um, you know what? I, I'm holding out hope that their bench returns. Uh, sorry for the ringer curse, you guys. Uh, but uh, I, I will stick with it. They are the best team in the East. My contribution to the ringer curse broke last night because Portland won. Okay. So, and the uh, ringer curse is that every time we are like, we write about a team and we're like, look who's here. Look who's yeah. arrived. Yeah. 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 And just like, thank God that nothing has impacted Giannis yet. But for the most part, when we write about teams, they tend to go on losing streaks. I think the like the the subtle thing about this is that we just write about all the teams. Yes, <laughs> and, and then we can take credit for all the streaks. <laughs> yeah, so eventually we're going to be wrong at some point. I really want to say that the Raptors are the most complete team in the East. And I okay, sure. I just there's an argument, it, but for it's that. hard because like I watched them against Phoenix last night, and I was like, this is impossible to judge any team against Phoenix, but. I liked all the different looks they could throw at them. And I liked how even in towards the end of the game, I felt like they were going to Jonas a lot. And it was it was just like at one they can be big, they can be small, they can be uh all shooters, they can be running down the running off running you off the court. So I like the variety of looks they can throw, but I think Boston also could do that. So Yeah, Gordon Hayward walking around without a boot. I know. And playing video games. So that's inspiring. A, that's a shtick that's uh, okay. Actually I do have one more rapid fire question and it's will the Jazz ever win again? Uh, I'd like to read off their schedule. Hit me. In the future. On December 15th, they play the Celtics. After that, back to back, they play the Cavs. Then they'll play the Rockets. Then they'll play the Thunder, which maybe. Then they play the Spurs. Then they play the Thunder again. Then they play the Nuggets, which hopefully will be some relief. Then the Warriors, Cavs, and Pelicans. How many times times did they play the Cavs? (laughs) The Cavs are, yeah. They're twice in that. That's wild. Yeah. It's Uh. terrible. Do you think they'll win again? <laughs> Maybe in once. In 2017. <laughs> oh, in 2007. Yeah, I think at least two times. Okay. Uh, I think one of those Thunder games will be a bailout. Okay. Sure. All right. What's the problem? With what? The Jazz. The problem with them never beating any of those teams? Any teams. The, yeah. Aren't they also like, they, how many have they lost? Like, aren't they like losing games now? So too? yeah, they're on a th- three, no, four game winning streak. Oh, four you mean game the losing current, streak. okay. Yeah. 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 The current problem. They're on a four game losing streak right. uh, to the their last loss was to the Bulls. Not great, but Miritich season. So yeah, Miritich is back. Haley, maybe it's uh, maybe they're emphasizing even, Donovan Mitchell too much, it. like a little That's too too much, too early, too absolutely soon. Absolutely yeah. not. Probably. I mean, when you think it. about it, they had such balance. You know what I mean? And maybe it's time to. They turn. had such balance in what? <laughs> in what? <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Let's stop and take a break from our sponsors. <laughs> Hey, this is JJ Redick. You may know me as a basketball player. You may have seen me play during my college career at Duke University, or perhaps over the past decade playing in the NBA for the Magic, the Bucks, the Clippers, or the Sixers. Well, today I'm here to tell you about my show, the JJ Redick Podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. 
This is where you can find me interviewing athletes as well as in-depth conversations with celebrities. So make sure to subscribe to the JJ Reddick podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, welcome back to Group Chat. This is a segment we like to call Take Tank. We're dusting this off. We did do a video of Take Tank a long time ago. Uh, you can find it on all of the pro- proper Ringer video channels like YouTube and et cetera. We can even tweet it out, baby, if you guys are unfamiliar with it. But basically, the idea is this. You present a take. The panel of sharks here uh, decide whether or not they're <laughs> going to invest in that take based on its validity. So we're going to start with Haley. You know, I'd actually like to go last. Oh, I want sure. everyone to be warmed up, okay. you know, ready with their investments. <laughs> okay. Wow. Justin. <laughs> all right. Hello, sharks. <laughs> I have the perfect investment for you guys. I would like to introduce to you a guy I call Paul George. Paul George, all-star in the NBA, also going to be a free agent next year. I think everybody is assuming that he's going to just flee to Los Angeles, his hometown? Hometown? Yeah? Yeah, like, right. He's LA adjacent, right? Okay, he's in the general vicinity. Palmdale? Yeah. (laughs) Sure, yeah. Yeah, he probably has a vast collection of sunglasses or something. So, I would... (laughs) That's just because he owns a sunglasses hut uh, (laughs) franchise. (laughs) Yes, exactly. A lot of Ray-Bans. So, I think it's assumed that he would go to Los Angeles. Maybe LeBron James would follow him there to be a part of that scene. I would say this. I think... One, James Harden had uh, a good idea. Well, he got traded, but I think it worked out for him going from the Thunder to Houston. Paul George should follow him because that's where all good Thunder superstars go. The Trevor Ariza upgrade button. So how would that work? Tell us how that would work. (laughs) It would be very tough. I think the way you would work it is that Chris Paul and maybe some of the free agents that the Rockets have right now would have to take the pay cuts in order to work George into there. I think Paul is the type of guy who might be willing to do it. Uh, I thought it was interesting just in the story on ESPN today. Basically, LeBron isn't willing to go below the max. He's very interested in his agency uh, and just kind of being the CEO of the league sort of thing. And I think for me, that signals that the Rockets are going to be a tough fit, Mm -hmm. that he would really have to change his just general disposition and position on the way he approaches the league to fit there. I think George makes a lot of sense with what the Rockets are doing. They're already kind of doing that sort of team where they're playing a little bit small on the wings, but still with Capella, I think he would just be an upgrade over Trevor Ariza. How many guys would they have to like get rid of and renounce in this process? <sighs> it would be it would be tough. Let's give me give me the the ones that are going to hurt the most. Would they have to get rid of Eric Gordon? Gordon maybe Ryan Anderson. Sure. Ryan Anderson, Anderson is is the big contract. I think he's making around twenty million, and as you've seen, he's kind of just fallen back into this role as like a giant spot up shooter. And Ariza as well, probably. I think Ariza is a free agent, right? Okay. <laughs> so he would be coming off the books. So. Here's my thing with these teams that are, are having really hot starts or really great beginning parts of the season and are a lot of them are playing 10, 11 guys a night and they're getting good minutes from them. Boston was running out. I, I, I thought there were guys coming in out of the crowd to play for Boston last night. If I'm like D'Antoni and you're this good, I would really, really want to see what I could do against the Warriors this season because I like the depth and I like the the sort of the way you can mix and match a lineup and I wouldn't want to give up too much to get Paul George. And I know that's, that sounds weird. And Paul George is an elite perimeter defender and is a better player than Trevor Ariza and probably a better, he's better player than Eric Gordon, but I wouldn't want to lose too many pieces for that. No, I get what you mean because even for Chris Paul, I was like, Oh, that was my favorite thing about the Rockets. Yeah. They had a million guys. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I want to see what they do against the Warriors this year. I guess it just comes down to what they could do in the playoffs because obviously that's when your top guys are going to matter more than ever. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have my, my Cayman Island shell company <laughs> through a third party in Delaware make a shadow investment in sure. this take, but I'm not willing to put my name on it. Danny, what's your take? Um, I'm out on this take because he's going to be a warrior. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> you really think that's going to happen? Paul George of the Warriors? Where, where would he go? Like, where like where can they fit him? Yeah, I, just I, I, dollar replacement? Well, I don't know. I, I've seen plenty of Warriors people say Paul George is, is the next one up. If so, that happens, yeah. I'm officially getting into baseball. <laughs> <laughs> I might not still do it. <laughs> if Machado goes to the Phillies and Paul George goes to the Warriors, I would consider that a sign. And then I would just become, I would become Mr. Baseball guy. Yeah. That, that, you know that guy? <laughs> Utani seems interesting, so I could get on board with that. All right, Danny, do you have a take tank take? Wait, I didn't tell you guys if I was buying or not. Oh, I'm oh. sorry, Haley. Go ahead. I know. I'm like, what? My bad. I will because oh. I'm under LeBron's agency, so oh, I'm yeah. overpaid. You're clutch. <laughs> yeah, I've got extra, so I'll buy it. Okay. You've piqued my interest. Um, yeah, so I wanted to bring this back to the Ringer Curses, and I just want to clear my name. So my take <laughs> is Stan Van Gundy's decision to put uh, Reggie Bullock into the starting lineup will... Basically, supercharge the Pistons once again. They will steamroll their next 10 games, thereby absolving me from this curse and making me look like a genius again. You know, they okay. play the Hawks next. <laughs> they have the Hawks they, today. They played the Hawks. They played the Magic twice. It's just their last seven games in which they've lost, which were immediately after a post that <laughs> I said, wrote. Let's take the uh, Pistons seriously. That was like, <laughs> it's time to take Andre Drummond and the Pistons seriously. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Good seven headline. straight losses. Great headline. Great headline. Um, it was very clickable. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of engagement. Very on that clear one. about what yes, you're saying. Exactly. No, I ride for Reggie Bullock. Like I remember when the Clippers drafted him, I was like, "Oh, this is the guy that the Clippers need. He's going to be the one that like opens Didn't things up." Didn't the Clippers up. drafting him throw you off that though? It should have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I was just like, "Oh, spot up shooter. He, yeah, he, like yeah. this is what this team needs." Yeah. And then he never played for he, four years. He barely played. He was in the D league like almost his entire career. There are there. some teams you just get it together against, and I think that. No offense, but like the Hawks and the Magic. Have we'll you thought about, I mean, what what are some, have people been hitting you up and being like, can you write about this team? Can you write about? <laughs> no. I mean, have you gotten any of my burner tweets that are like, I think Jason Tatum is really, <laughs> really needs the Danny Chow treatment. <laughs> no, I, actually, I didn't even find this on Reddit myself. I think it was, it was Sean Yu mm -hmm. that, that had posted it in the Slack that brought it up to my attention. And uh, I tweeted it out. I think a lot of people had a, had a good laugh at that. I don't think anyone's, uh, seen it as like a malicious thing that I'm not like out to because look I'm writing like like you're lovingly saying they're about good. yeah you're not yeah. being like yeah like get right. this guy out of here but no. I, apparently the people of Detroit via um, one of our interns Shocker uh, have asked me to apologize and I, look I'll, I'll apologize if if I'm wrong about this take do you mm. think after that then you'll have like the yips and you'll just write like super safe tanks like takes like uh, this man, this Steph Curry guy, like he's pretty good. I mean, I, I wrote I wrote that about Kawhi last week. So like. yeah, I care about you. I care about your ability to visit scenic Detroit in good health and just be able to stroll the streets and find and find the underground restaurants that nobody knows about. So I'm gonna go. I'll go fifty percent on this take if anybody wants to go in with me. Yeah, yeah they're beating the Hawks. Great, I'll take we'll this, go one hundred and fifty percent together. Yeah. That's great. You're fully funded. Here's my take. Uh. Carl Anthony Towns, Unicorn, great podcast guest on the JJ Reddick podcast this week. Fantastic. 
Let me tell you something. He is never going to recover from the Carl Anthony Cantor nickname. <laughs> oh my God. Name an NBA superstar who has ever been saddled with a nickname that is like, you're bad at something and has recovered from it. Can't play Cantor. Yeah, it's not great. Well, I will say it wasn't a nickname, but I feel like we've gotten past the James Harden can't play defense thing. Have we? At the very oh, least, Harden. Yeah, yes. sure. Right. We like we don't like needle him every freaking night like we used right. to. But I think that that's probably also because he wasn't playing for Thibodeau. Mm. You know what I mean? And it was sort of the impre- the the implication was that Mikhail maybe wasn't making him play defense, or that they were saying like save yourself for the offense because you've got to do so much for us. Whereas Towns, I think the offense was there, and we were like Tibbs is here. He's going to turn him into this defensive dynamo and he's going to be the best player in the NBA and he's going to be in the MVP conversation. And it's gone from that to his teammates openly yelling at him on the court. And I don't know where the it originated from, but now people are joking about his nickname being Carl Anthony Cantor. And I just don't remember anyone making like funny Tim Duncan jokes or anything like that. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like it just right. feels like it's a vulnerability so my take is that he is never recovering from this and that he is always going to be a good stats, bad team guy. Well, it's always been like Ooh. kind of an undercover thing about his defense. Not undercover, but it's like, who was watching Minnesota? You know right. what I mean? You. Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why, but me. Yeah. And now it's like a mainstream thing. Yeah. You know, he's not good at defense. So now people are like watching those games, of course, also because it's a sound cloud Minnesota take that went into good. the charts. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what it is. So that's tough. Yeah. You actually have to start playing defense. Like if nothing changes, yeah, that nickname's riding with you. I was already worried, but then he, for some reasons, tried to go at Joel Embiid yes. on Joel Embiid's own Instagram. Yes. It's like, what are you thinking? And yes. Joel immediately just like took him out. Shut him like down. TKO. Yeah. Like so, what Joel were you was doing? like, I, "It's a picture of him doing like his finger roll off the Euro step, and he's like, we Euro stepped through Minnesota.' And Carl Anthony Towns got in Joel's Instagram comments and said, "Trash photo quality, bro. No, the this ca- caption is as trash as the photo quality, <laughs> right? It's like, yeah. What? what I got and it. What did Joel say? Is like not- <laughs> better quality than your defense. Woo! I gotta think that's like, a come joke. on, Aaron. dog. I uh, gotta think that's a joke. But even if a joke like that." First of all, both those guys are dorks. <laughs> That's really bad trash. Excuse me, sir. Not as bad as your photo image quality, sir. It's like, all right. Then, Did you on. hear Joel like during one of their games talking about like how he likes to like make jokes? He's like, I've always been a really funny person and I just like to joke around all the time. And I was like, funny people don't Somebody's, say that they're funny. When do they play the Kings? Somebody's going to rock Joel. Like somebody yeah. is really, really going to do that. He's going to get bullied. So what do you I guys think? Him, you guys, uh, Commi- uh, committing to my my venture? I'm out. I, I believe in the youth. Thanks, Danny. Yeah, I think I might be out too. Too much potential. Really? Yeah. Hardcore in. Thanks. He's a nerd though. Like right. I'm out as on cat as I, just I don't like need a you, man. I got Haley money. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go mass production. All right. You're back here's, up. here's my take. Trade George Hill. Okay? okay. Okay. You already have De'Aaron Fox, right? You've already committed to playing him no matter how many turnovers, how many bad shots. It's clear that they're like, we need to make him a star. Let's give him these Donovan Mitchell minutes, right? Well, not minutes necessarily, because as I wrote earlier, you the know, they're splitting their bench minutes and their starter minutes. They're the only team in the league to be doing that. But they're starting him. Frank Mason has proved to be good, or at least somebody that you should start and give serious time to mm-hmm. and believe in. 
George Hill had that. There was this article that it was reported. So, you know, from sources. So we're not 100 percent on it. That said, George Hill was under the impression that they would be going for a championship, <laughs> which if, if that's something you okay. seriously. We can dial it back down. It was a playoff run. Seriously, No, they said for a championship, though. Right. They said for a championship run. Where does George Hill get his scouting reports? <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm serious. Like, sincerely, George Hill, if you really believed that, like, let's talk. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, like, man. I feel like I can Somebody help get this you. guy a league pass count. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, even if that's not true, that he's unhappy about that, or if that, you know, really transpired between right. him and Perry, I can see in his body language that he's not happy. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So many, only so many turnovers can happen before you discover, you know, that, that you don't want to be on the team. Or that just also happen no, in, the, rest in the, of the process. Team. Okay. It's a team of young guys. Yeah. That's just what young guys do. This is the big question facing all these teams that are like investing in youth, whether it's Phoenix, whether it's Philly, you know, how do you go about getting these guys ready to play real NBA minutes? Do you do it by just throwing it out there and seeing if they can swim the deep end? Or do you bring in guys like JJ and Amir Johnson or JJ and Zach Randolph and Vince Carter and they eat into their minutes, but maybe they show them the ways of the force. That's exactly what you need. You don't need someone like George Hill. Who's like, this is my time. You need Amir Johnson who's like, I can start or I can play five minutes. You need Zebo because he's in this point of his career where he's like, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I can do. Yeah, I mean, it is a little weird. Uh, I am of the opinion that you don't need to necessarily be so binary about it. You don't need to be 100% young team, 100% old team, like going for it. Uh, I am a little worried that some of those veterans might give them too many wins and maybe they'll end up being like third worth, third worst as opposed to first worst. Uh, But at the same time, like Fox is getting minutes, Heald is developing. Uh, A lot of their young guys are getting reps. And so for me, that's the only thing that really matters with this team. Those guys are playing, they're getting experience and they'll figure out the rest later. So trade George, though. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Sure. Especially yeah. Whatever you want to do. Yeah, we're, we're a third of the way through the season. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he has the um, the contract clause where you can't trade him until... That would be sort of an ingenious, almost like baseball way of doing things. Right. Where it's like, oh, I'm just going to bring these guys in. And when it turns out I'm a seller, then I'll find somebody who needs point guard help. And I'll find somebody who would, wouldn't mind taking a flyer on Vince Carter going down the, the back stretch, And then I'll just play the kids and play for the lottery. I, I like yeah. that. Yeah. I like the take. George Hill is not like the, you know, he's not setting Wall Street on fire, but I, 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 I'm, I'm in. Thank you. All right, guys, we got to get out of here, but I want to do really quickly guess the narrative where we just decide, we project into tomorrow what we will be saying about tonight's Lakers-Cavs game. Are we, uh, I mean, like, what do you guys think? Is this going to be LeBron meets his new teammates? Is it going to be Lonzo Ball gets totally screwed by like LeBron like where like I feel like LeBron has taken it on himself to really torch guys like Ben Simmons uh, over the course of the season do you think that's going to happen with Lonzo so what do, what do you think the narrative I think is gonna that be the narrative is going to come after the game because it's if LeBron is asked something about Lonzo which he absolutely will be asked about Lonzo if he says something glowing which I'm predicting he will because he has before then yeah that's gonna be the narrative because that also is kind of like a hint to maybe he wants to be with the Lakers. Maybe he's, you know, really into Lonzo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he dodged those questions this morning. So at some point, he's yeah. going to have to address them. After the game isn't ideal, but he's kind of set himself up for this. Uh, I'm going to go on a limb here. I think Lonzo's going to have a breakthrough game. Triple-double. 
And we're going to say that the Lakers are fun and talented and they don't need LeBron James. <laughs> That's my take. <laughs> so piggybacking off that. How much like, did Magic Johnson just pay what? you? <laughs> yeah. Protect Lonzo. <laughs> you sound like a Twitter card that comes out when Lonzo has like 11, 10, and a 10. And they compare him to like the first ever game that like Magic Johnson did And he's also Johnson got seven turnovers that. and his negative 19. <laughs> Those are my favorite ESPN stats where it's just like Lonzo's the first... Lakers rookie in the first trimester of the first half of the season <laughs> right. to average, you know, 10 points, five rebounds, five assists. On yeah, a it's Tuesday. Like, yeah. Yeah. yeah, five, two, and like seven yeah. are his stats. But <sighs> so the last time Lonzo got a triple-double, Stu Lance, uh, an announcer for the Lakers broadcast, could not stop talking about how he got his triple-double, his second career triple-double, on the exact same day uh, or the exact same age that LeBron got his. Okay. 20 years and 23 days. Wow. So <laughs> if, Lonzo, if Lonzo gets his triple-double... Um, against LeBron. <laughs> Basketball reference is Ooh. ruining us. It's 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 gonna be game over. No, I'm back in on Lonzo. Yeah. You see him wearing that like Nas like album cover with his face on it. Yes. I'm all in on this. Okay. Right? Uh, my guess the narrative is that the person we're gonna be talking about after this Cavs Lakers game is Brandon Ingram. Tiny Ooh. dog. I think that uh, <laughs> Tiny, wait, all what? the attention is gonna be on uh, Lonzo or it's gonna be on LeBron. And in the meantime, if it got a night to night basis, Ingram is really starting to bring it, which is really what you want from these guys. It's not. The one 28-point explosion and then going away for two weeks, it's every night, you're the best player on the court, you're the guy, you're the guy. In, and his aggression and going to the hoop and watching how he's so uniquely gifted at making shots for himself with his size and his ability to just sort of use the entire backboard. He's like, it, it's almost like... It is it it is Durantish, but like sometimes when I watch him, I'm just like, oh, this is kind of like the way Kyrie just finds these impossible angles. It's just in a Duranty body. This is a great LeBron pitch. <laughs> this is a great. LeBron well, pitch. I mean, look, the Ingram thing is really interesting because some people are like, you just Ingram is the untouchable, and some people are like, Ingram is the biggest is the biggest trade piece you have if you need to ha if you need to include him in something. I remember them talking about though that like. Ingram was the guy that they wanted to keep. Yeah. You know what I mean? And maybe not publicly saying and I think like, we were watching he's the guy, but yeah. that we want to keep, but they were saying he's the guy. And I remember yeah. watching him earlier in the season and he still kind of had that like deer with its legs mm -hmm. tied together vibe to his game. And I feel like he's just, the aggression has really solved a lot of that. He's just like, I'm just going to the hoop and we'll see what happens. If I go to the line 20 times a game, that's great. Um, okay. So that's been it for group chat for Haley, for Justin, for Danny. I'm Chris Ryan. Uh, we will have a show next week. I probably will not be on it. So happy holidays if you're listening. Thanks for listening to Group Chat and we will talk to you. I will talk to you next year. Basketball is very good.